again, ladies and gentlemen, Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you chapter 72 of Radiance, my Fallout fan fiction. I do hope, as always, you've been enjoying this little tale told in the Fallout universe that I've been weaving for you, of radiant claw love and human and non-human cooperation. And as always, if you can like, share, subscribe, and leave me feedback wherever you can, it's always well appreciated, either at fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org, or even at my own website, ghostnobody.com. Every little comment always warms my heart, you know? And if you do find yourself at ghostnobody.com, you can read Storm Rider, my other original work, while you're there. If you love big busty dragon girls and elven boys and all that fun, give it a try, you never know. And also while you're there, if you pop on over to the Ghostly Link section, you can find your way to Smashwords to pick up a copy of Mortis, my original novel. And help support me. Keep me in this game. Keep me doing what I love. Every little bit helps, as Tesco's are always so fond of saying. Well, help out your local author and keep him writing alien love stories. It's for you to all enjoy. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, but first the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own Fallout or anything to do with it. That's all to do with Bethesda. They can keep the Atom Store and the bugs and the glitches and they can give us fucking Starfield! Let's get on with the show. Chapter 72. Working on the railroad. Alright, Fuller. It's safe to say you have our attention. But forgive me if we don't outright trust every person that simply walks through our door. So if you want in, you're going to have to prove it. And your worth as well. To my eye, you have the look of a heavy. And I think I just have the op just about right to test you out. If you do well, then we'll talk again. If not, well, chances are we won't be seeing much of anything ever again, so neither of us will have anything to worry about, will we? So, what do you say? Desdemona said, looking fuller up and down with a very scrutinising eye. Just point me in the right direction and tell me the brief, and I'll get it done, Fuller said, and Desdemona nodded approvingly. Think I'm going to like this one. Can-do attitude goes a long way around here. A large black woman holding what appeared to be a laser gatling gun said with an approving nod to his right. She was also running her eyes over him in a very scrutinising fashion. All right then. Well, I see you've already got a pip boy there. That's good. It'll be useful. I'll give you a set of coordinates, head there, and you'll be met by your contact. They'll identify themselves with a sign, looks like it might rain later on. To which you reply, I hope it's not acid this time. They'll give you a brief and go with you to evaluate your performance. That clear? She asked and Fuller nodded as he looked at the coordinates that had just been transferred to his enclave modified Pip-Boy. Crystal, any chance on a heads up of what type of op I'm heading into so I can know to pack what ahead of time? He asked and Desdemona gave him a wry smile. If you truly are what you say you are, and then worthy of joining us, it won't matter then, will it? Because you'll be able to adapt and overcome now, won't you? She said with a final nod from both her and the large black woman. They vanished back behind an obviously secret door, which slid back into place with a grinding clank. Hmm. A starlight drive through Sounds like an old movie theatre or something, Father said, trying to make it sound like talking to himself in case he was being observed, which, given how secretive these people were, was probably a highly likelihood. Starlight drive-in. Got it. Heading there now. We'll set up in place ahead of time. See you there. Over and out.
Fletcher's voice said into his skull through the subdermal implant that vibrated the bones of his inner ear to cease the sounds that he heard. With that, Fuller turned and began to the long trek northward out of the city and through the ruined but still flourishing countryside towards his destination. Despite this basically being one big double-cross op, he actually still couldn't help looking forward to getting his teeth into some actual action. Plus, somehow, it actually felt like he might be doing some good here, despite his actual intentions, so there was that too. It wasn't a short walk northwards by any means, but Fuller prided himself on his fitness, as he liked to maintain his body and to keep it in peak condition at all times. He was not one of those soft sods who liked to let their armour do all the work for them. Though despite that, he did feel somewhat naked out here without it, as it did offer at least a barrier between you and the outside world, which given the state of the world these days was definitely not a bad thing at times. To maintain an air of professionalism, Fuller and the team maintained radio silence during the majority of the trip, as they had no idea if he was being observed or not. He'd been running counter-surveillance drills the entire way, but what with the existence of stealth boys and stealth suits and things like that out here, it was not unlikely that there was someone out there, not just lurking in the shadows, but standing in broad sunlight as bold as brass and as invisible as the air around him. Though paranoia that was being induced by running counter-surveillance drills led him to see shimmers almost everywhere. Sometimes it was heat haze, sometimes it was dust, but all the same, it put Fuller right on edge. At the same time, more than once, he swore he heard a voice talking on, in the wind, or at least that's how it sounded, like it was far away and drifting on the wind towards him. Is this what you truly want? it asked softly, and he spun around, snapping his rifle into the aim, looking around himself. It sounded soft, almost feminine. But no matter what direction he looked in, there was just simply nothing. Fucking jumping at shadows here. Need to get a lid on this shit, Fuller grumbled to himself. All you believe is a lie, another whisper said, sounding like it floated right past him as it spoke, and Fuller's eyes darted about trying to pin it down. But once again, he found nothing. Couldn't risk continually talking on his subdermals. He would begin transmitting everything he said to Fletch and she began to think he was going batshit crazy, which would probably result in a Section 8, and he'd probably wind up in the bioweapons lab as a test subject. So, shaking it off and giving himself a very hard mental slap, he soldiered on. It was only a few more miles to his meet-up, and that's when his comm sparked up. We've arrived at the target site and have set up. We have eyes on and there's no sign of movement anywhere. So they're either inside one of the three buildings here, or they're not here yet, over, Sarge's voice said. Roger that, Fuller hissed, and he quickly picked up the pace to catch up. It didn't take him long to cover the remaining ground to reach the Starlight drive through, and he'd been spot on when he guessed it was an old pre-war cinema, with a giant screen on one side with various slip-on speaker systems designed to be clipped on the cars, of which the patrons, of which a few, actually still remained even with the remains of the unsuspecting souls that had been caught in the blast or sat inside them. On the other side of the lot, there was a large refreshment stand that also most likely would have housed the projector itself. Fuller looked around the place and he couldn't see any sign of anyone hanging about, though as he headed for a small pond in the centre, he did notice some tracks in the dust and dirt that were pretty fresh, 
which did indicate that somebody had been here very recently. He knelt down to examine them, and the first thing he noticed that they were pretty small, definitely not a man by the shape and size of them. Well, not unless he was wearing a woman's size 4 boat, anyway. And by the tread on them, they belonged to a stealth suit, which indicated number 9 had been through here. Or there was another girl hanging about in a stealth suit. Though the tread pattern did not look enclave, so there was that leaning towards the latter option there. Suddenly a voice spoke to him from nowhere, and this one didn't sound like a whisper he'd heard in the wastes as he was walking up here. You know, I heard it might rain later on, it said and fully stood up stiffly as he could positively feel a weapon pointed at the back of his head, despite not being able to see it. I hope it's not acid this time, he said, giving the countersign clearly and concisely. Suddenly a small shape just popped into existence as her stealth suit deactivated and the sm figure of a small woman who stood about just over five foot tall appeared out of thin air a few feet from him, just like she'd felt she'd been holding a plasma rifle trained on him the entire time. So, you're the prospective heavy I was told to expect, she said walking right up to him and before circling around him and scrutinising him closely. That be me, name's... He began, but she held up a hand sharply to silence him. Don't you know anything? We don't use real names around here. Helps with the plausible deniability. You get given a call sign, slash moniker, when you get accepted. But for now, I think I'll call you... Clawbait. Yeah, that'll do, because you look like you'd be useful for drawing out the death claws from their nests, if need be. So come on, Clawbait, let's get moving, and I'll tell you what's going down on the way. Oh, and I'm Mouse, by the way, the little figure said. Clawbait? Seriously? Fuller said, raising an eyebrow at the masked woman, who, thanks to her obviously Chinese stealth suit, looked like a mini ninja. Well, I was thinking claw shit at first. As well, you know, they look like they'd chew you up and shit you out. But then I thought, nah, it's your first time out, so I'll be kind, she said, and she could actually feel the grin underneath her helmet as she said it. You sure mouse isn't short for mouse balls or something? You know, because you're fucking tiny and you got some fucking balls on you? Fuller said, making her snort a laugh. Like it. Think you and me are going to get along just fine. Right. But enough flirting. Let's get moving. We've got an important job to do here. The railroad ain't going to Don't do fucking fetch quests for perspectives. We'd like to throw you guys in the deep end and, well... You either swim like a fucking champ or sink like a fucking rock. So, let's go see if you're a fish or a stone, shall we? Mouse said, beckoning him for him to follow her with her hand. Alright then, I'll bite. So what's the op? Fuller asked, at the very oddly matched pair headed further north away from the, the drive-in. Synth recovery. We had a pair being moved out when they got hit by a load of Gen 1s. Took out all of our guys but not before our guys were able to stash them somewhere safe and hit the beacons. I told the head shed that we needed to handle this one ourselves and send some of our heavies with them, but this one just didn't smell right. But would they listen? Hell no! Said it'd be fine if we just used the caravan guys, and we'd used them before and they were at least trustworthy. Well, at least they were that. No bloody good at fighting, but at least they had the sense to stash the synth before they got snatched. Now it's our job to dig those poor fuckers out of the heap of claw shit they're buried into with copious expenditure of ammunition 
and to complete their run. Bloody amateurs. Shouldn't be doing stuff like this as it only ends up leading to more problems down the damn road. Mouse said bitterly. Gen 1s? Fuller asked and Mouse shot him an unreadable glance thanks to her gold-plated faceplate. Oh yeah, that's right. Total freshy. Alright kid, listen up. This is Institute 101. Now, by the sound of it, and by that accent of yours, you're not from around these parts. So you probably haven't had seen the fucking wannabe Terminator things wandering around the place. But Gen 1s and 2s are basically lights and fucking clockwork. Think walking, talking metal skeletons that, while they ain't too smart, still aim and shoot with the speed of a robot. And not one of those half-fried protectron fuckers either. These guys can shoot the balls off a mouse at a hundred paces, leaving the fucker alive, she said. Ah, so that's what happened to yours then, eh? Fuller said, making her snort another laugh. Yep, and they were even bigger than yours, but I digress. They can be a real pain in the ass to take down, especially when they warn you. When they warm you. So the trick of to put those fuckers down hard is a few shots as possible before they can call your location to the others nearby. And there's always others nearby. Twos are really easy to spot, as they have more parts hanging off them and some sort of armour to their vitals. Those same rules apply. These guys as humans go for the head or the heart, kill either the CPU in the skull or the main power unit in the chest, and they fucking stay down. Just don't bother with limb shots, as they won't do fuck all but slow them down and annoy them, she said. Fuller nodded, pulling his rifle down and checking it over. Mouse glanced at it. Nice piece you got there. Where'd you pick that up? She asked. Made it myself. A Mexesf sniper. We all use customised gear. So you never know what job you're going to be going on next. So you learn pretty fast you need to have a toy for all occasions. With this, I can modify it on the fly. Just a few tweaks here and there. And just a few manipulation to the dials. Goes from... Pop a raider skull open at 800 metres with so much as a ghost's fart of a sound to cut through a mile of queen's arse at a mile away, Fuller said, patting his sniper rifle proudly. XESF? Didn't think there was such a thing, Mouse said wonderingly. Honestly, kind of shocked that you've never you've heard of us at all. Most don't even know who or what we are, and that's kind of the way we like it, to be honest with you, Fuller said, somewhat dodging the question, and Mouse nodded. In this line of work, it pays to know all the players you're likely to run into, or piss off, whichever comes first. Already run afoul of the Brotherhood's equivalent. You know, the guys they call the Crimson Knights, from the Midwestern. Not seen them a quite a few, quite a lot a while back, when I was doing long-range runs. And those fuckers are no joke, I can tell you. They hit us like a fucking sledgehammer made of pure fuck you. If it hadn't been for this here suit, I'd never made it out. We lost a lot of good people that day. Killed ten heavies and four synths we were escorting. I was the only one to make it out. So yeah, I've seen what you special forces types can do when you get pushed. Mouse said, with what sounded like a note of reverence in her voice. Ah, those guys are yahoos compared to the ESF. If it had not been the ESF, if it had been the ESF that hit you, not only would you have never seen us coming... But there would have been no survivors, I can tell you that now. Stealth suit or no stealth suit. Fuller said, trying not to sound too proud of his unit's abilities. Tone down the patriotism a bit, Fuller, Fletcher said in his ear. 
and he saw Mouse shoot him a glance that was obviously somewhat suspicious by the way her head moved. You talk like you never left, she said and Fuller shrugged. Hard to forget that life, you know. It's one of those units you join for life. Once in, always in. Or so I thought, anyway. The bullshit just got a bit too much for me. So one day I just kind of up and left. Made it look like an accident. But they still managed to see through it. Still kind of fresh in my head, that, you know. He said Mouse seemed to accept that with a nod. Yeah, I hear you there. I'm ex-NCR myself. Used to be one of their rangers. Just got so fed up with the bullshit and the corruption... Then in the end, they just said, fuck it, and bugged out. Started looking for something that actually meant something, you know? She said, and he nodded. And I bet you still wake up some days and it feels like you're right back in where you started, right? He said, and she nodded in agreement. Yeah, true that. I think with us, same with all ex-soldiers. Like a part of us never truly leaves. She said, making him breathe a slight sigh of relief and nod in agreement. So, what made you want to join the railroad, anyway? She asked curiously. All the places I've been around the waste and all the fuckers I've put down. The thing that made me sicker than most was seeing all the slavery everywhere. This shit we just keep doing to our fellow man makes me sick to my stomach. And now this too. These scientists make synthetic life. And I don't mean like fucking clockwork tonka toy like a protectron. But living, breathing people no real different from you or me. Other than, you know, the obvious. And what's the first thing that we decide to do with them? When we give them sentience? Enslave them. So they give them the ability to think and feel for themselves and to plan out their own lives. And presto, slap some fucking shackles on them. So not only now are they able to figure out their place in the world, but they're probably going to hate the principle of the whole thing to begin with. And now they've got a full range of emotions on top of that to fully experience and appreciate the misery they've had to inflict on them as slaves. So, yeah, fuck that, Fuller said, and Mouse shot him what he could feel was a surprise glance. You know, I had a feeling I was going to like you, kid. That's pretty much exactly how I think about it, too. It's pretty much exactly why I joined up to begin with, as well. I'd see it so fucking much in the NCR. We'd be facing off with the Caesar's Legion. All the time. You heard of them lot? She asked, and he nodded. Oh, he'd heard of them lot, all right. Yeah, I thought so. Well then, you know, you got themselves a fucking whole army of bloody slaves. And what's the NCR do? Well, it isn't steamroller over the right the fuck over those slave-taking fucks, I can tell you that for free. It's also kind of the reason I had to get out of there. I kind of well sort of blew the fuck out of three slave camps and freed about 300 of them. Took out a whole battalion of legionnaires as well. That'll teach them to leave so many explosive lying around in one place now, won't it? Well, long story short... Made me kind of public enemy number one, and rather than back me up, the NCR decided to throw me to the fucking wolves and denounce me as a rogue element, when they should have been championing what I did. They could have easily been holding it up and saying, here people, look at this, look what the NCR can do for you, come and join us. But no, the politicians freaked out about the retaliation, and yeah, I had to get the fuck out of Dodge. Fucking Legion hunted me for quite a while till they got sick of picking up the bodies of their hunter teams I left in my wake. Now I'm here and I'll be damned if I just stand by and let these Institute fucks just create a new breed of human just to slap chains around their wrists. Not on my watch, she said with such fire and passion that Fuller couldn't actually help but be impressed. Known a few rangers in my time. Good bunch of guys and gals. Hardcore, all every last one of them. 
really do know how to get the job done. Fuller said, decided to stroke her ego a little bit. Aw, didn't know you cared so much. You're making me choke up over here. McKay said in his ear, making him clasp his hands behind his back and flip the bird to the obviously following invisible watchers. Mouse, thankfully, didn't notice and just nodded. Good soldiers caught up in a tidal wave of political bullshit that drowned them in red tape and stopped them from doing what was right at every turn. And when we were given the chance, however rare it was, same said politicians would be the first in to bask in the glory and claim it for themselves in the eyes of the people. He said and he nodded. That was a story he knew very well. Sounds a lot like the Enclave Headshed, that one, he said and she nodded. See, I knew you'd get it. Always had a good sense for people. Can spot the good ones at a thousand yards. Well, the bad ones, they never even see me, she said, making him chuckle and pat his rifle. That's a feeling I know rather well, he said, making her laugh. Yeah, me and you are going to get along just fine, Clawbait, he said, making him laugh again now. About two hours later, just as it was getting properly dark, the pair were on an overpass, looking down onto a diner below far below them. Breaking and cumbling cement gave him rather a good line of sight directly down onto the place. All right, that's the place. All right, and listen up, this is the plan. You look like you can handle that rifle pretty well, so you're going to be up here on overwatch. Your job's pretty simple. Put as many of those clockwork fuckers on the ground as you can. Well, I use the distraction to slip in and open up the underground safe house. I'll slip the synths out and circle around to meet up with you. With back at that gas station we cleared about a mile down the road, from there on we'll use that to take the synths onto the RV point ourselves. Then we can hand them off to another team and we'll get them the rest of the way out of this place, she said. Fuller was tempted to ask where they were headed to, but he got the feeling, given how seriously these guys took plausible deniability and operational security, Mouse probably wouldn't have any more clue than he did, and it was just their jobs to protect them both and the synths they were running. Fuller gave her a thumbs up and flicked down the bipod on the base of the Gios rifle, sniper rifle, but saw setting it up on his shoulder again and adjusting the power dials appropriately. He wanted enough power to take the targets down with a single shot at this range, but not so much as to punch clean through the building behind it as well. Mouse vanished from sight and had obviously been moving around down to the dialer down to the diner while Fuller swept his scope over the building. Instantly, his enhanced targeting began to pick out the figures wandering around, and they were everything that Mouse had described them to be. They were like walking, talking metal nightmare fuel, a walking metal skeleton, some with armour clamped over the top of it, but most without. It reminded him of something he'd seen in a comic book about a race of metal killing machines controlled by a large supercomputer, There was a powerful AI that had the intention of wiping out all organic life on Earth. They seemed to be armed with a mixture of what looked like some sort of energy pistols and rifles. They weren't anything like he'd ever seen before. And he knew the team who were most likely surrounding the building right now would collect a couple of samples for study back at the weapons lab when they were done. Fuller sighted in on the closest one to him. He knew his job was to cause a distraction and to get them looking away from the diner so that Mouse would have the distraction she needed to slip in and out easily enough. But that didn't mean he was going to be stupid about this and just start firing indiscriminately into the crowd of them. He was going to choose his targets wisely, as well as an order to them, 
so that way he could remain undetected for as long as possible. He wanted them looking for him, not directly at him. So his first shot wasn't on the closest one to him, it was on a lone figure scanning the horizon from on top of the diner. The hypervelocity 2mm slug hit the target right at the base of the skull with enough force that not only did it pop its head clean off like a soda cap, it caused it to explode like a metal firework, leaving its body still standing there for a moment as the commands that it had just sent through to the other components cycled through before ceasing entirely and shutting it down. No sooner had it begun to fall, follow a sighting in on the next metal victim, who appeared to have seen the fireworks display and was stood by the large metal dumpsters at the rear of the building and was now looking up towards the roof. Well, the fact that they didn't instantly know what had happened at least showed that they hadn't got some kind of link between them going on. That seemed to be just as clueless as human soldiers would be in the same circumstance. Rather than pop off like a cap, this one's skull blew apart into four pieces as the small slug hit it right between its glowing eyes, sending a shower of sparks into the air like an oversized sparkler was inserted into its neck, before it too collapsed into the dirt. Now they knew something was going on, because a moment later another of them stepped out from behind the building and discovered its fallen ally. Barely had time to shout a warning before it joined it in the dirt, though, minus his head. It looked like the warning, though, had been heard by some of them, because the remainder of them began to scurry about looking for the source of the incoming fire. By his count, there were about twelve of them up here. Well, that's only the ones he could see. Fuck only knew how many were actually inside and outside of his line of sight. But that wasn't for him to worry about. That was Mouse's job. So continuing to pick his target carefully, Fuller continued his liberals creation of spare parts in the form of smoking husks thrown about the place and with 12 more shots the outside of the building and those he could see inside through the broken windows fell one after the other without ever firing a shot at their invisible assailant. Once his task was complete he did a couple of last sweeps to ensure he hadn't missed any that were hiding and once he was sure he packed up and silently headed back towards the fuel station that Mouse had designated as their RV point. Nice shooting, fella. Watch the whole thing from up here. That was highly effective sniping there, Fletcher said in his ear, glancing around himself to ensure there was no silent or invisible observers of the mouse variety. He decided he was safe to respond. Thanks, boss. Ensure someone grabs a sample of that weaponry for study back in the labs. Over he said in a near-silent voice. Yeah, Roger that, already taken care of. Got some of their armour too. Don't worry, our science teams will have this stuff in bits in no time. By the looks of it, there ain't anything to worry about, to be fair. Keep on task now and get yourself in with these guys. Fletcher over and out, she replied. He just nodded his head silently and jogged down the road with his rifle in his hands. He found himself amazed how efficient Mouse actually was. He knew the rangers were not a force to be taken lightly, as he did indeed work with one, and he knew what he was like. But he'd only been there five minutes when he heard fast-approaching footsteps. Upon poking his head out to check, he saw Mouse approaching with two people, who were bundled up in road leathers and wearing packs on their backs. They looked frightened. Upon seeing them, Fuller actually felt a part of his mind break, and fracture like somebody just tried to snap his worldview clean in two. They looked and acted as human as he was. In fact, if he didn't already know they were synths, 
He'd never in a million years been able to tell them apart from the real deal. And that deeply shocked him, as he had the least expected there to be some way of telling them apart. Without stripping them to their skin, he couldn't see a single one anywhere. The pair were a man and a woman. The woman looked to be of Asian descent, and the man was white-skinned with fair blonde hair and bright blue eyes. Both of them looked terrified upon seeing him stepping out of the shadows holding his rifle up, which he promptly lowered as soon as he saw Mouse. Nice fucking shoot in there, Clawbait. That was something fucking else. Saw the fireworks display you set up from inside. Those toasters never even knew what the fuck hit them. Now, some quick introductions before we set off on this little trek of ours. This here is XB34521. And this one here is XY33499. Guys, this is Clawbait. He's new and a bit rough around the edges. But don't you worry. He's going to make a damn fine heavy, just you wait and see. Mouse said gesturing first to the man and then the woman and then to Fuller. Clawbait? The woman asked and before Fuller could say anything, Mouse simply held up a hand. Long story, which we don't have time to get into right now. We best better to bug the fuck out, most Ricky fucking tick, before any more of those talking toasters show up and start shooting the place up. She said and Fuller nodded, gesturing for her to lead on. I'll bring up the rear, you lead, she said, and she nodded. You just want to stare at my ass in this suit, don't you? She said playfully, and she turned and began to walk away with the two synths glancing between them while Fuller just snorted a laugh. Well, that and you're the only one who has a fucking clue where we're heading, he said, making Mouse laugh. You really know how to step on a girl's ego, you know that? You could have just said yes, you know. She shot back, and he laughed. Well... I would if you'd stop cloaking just to stare at my cock every time I took a piss, he said, making Mouse roar with laughter and nearly drop a pack. This suit doesn't come with a zoom function, you know, she said. Or tit pads, apparently, Fuller shot back. Fucking ouch, Fletcher's voice said softly in his ear. Wow, you don't hold back, do you? Mouse said, with what he was sure was a slight hint of hurt in her voice. I always give as good as I get. And I don't pull punches just because you're a girl. Equal rights means equal lefts, my friend. You're big enough to dish it out, and you better be big enough to take it back. Simple as that. He said, and she snorted a laugh and nodded her helmet head. Oh yeah, I defo like you, she said before beckoning the unlikely little group to follow her, and they began their long trek up towards the RV point. In fact, it was nearly dawn when they finally made it to the drop-off point which turned out to be a little boat shed down on the bank of the river. As soon as they arrived, Mouse went to the side of the little house and lit a lantern that hung out over the river itself, which would be kind of hard to spot during the day, but was still kind of visible due to its orange-gold glow. Now what? the female synth asked. Now we wait for your ride to show up. The lantern should alert the watcher assigned to keep an eye on this place that we've got some occupants ready to hand off for transit out of this shithole and onto greener pastures. But no telling how long that'll take them to rock on up. If they're smart, they'll ensure their approach is safe before making a move, Mao said, and then she gestured for a little fireplace which had a freshly washed cooking pot hanging over it. Better take a load off and get yourself something to eat, or catch up on some sleep if you want. Me and Clawbait here will keep an eye out for you guys, so don't worry, you're in good hands with us too, Mouse said confidently. I'll go set up a nest and keep an eye out. 
Willis said, hoisting up his rifle and checking it once more. Good idea. I'll join you. Don't worry, guys, we're not going to be far away. Just up on that wrecked truck tailor over there, Mouse said with two cents nodding in unison. Fuller found himself surprised that Mouse knew what he'd had in mind for the sniper mast. But he'd never said so. He simply headed over and set up the hide from on top of the scrap from some scrap and debris lying around them before the pirate clambered up and laid down side by side with her acting like a spotter now. They're not what you expected, are they? Mouse said softly after a few minutes of silence and he glanced at her. She really was an observant one, this girl. And she, he shook his head. Yeah, it was written all over your face the first time you saw them. You were surprised and you were constantly looking for tells. I could see it in your eyes. Don't worry, I don't hold that against you. I was exactly the first time, exactly the same first time I met one too. It's fucking crazy, isn't it, really? She said and Fuller nodded. Yeah, I honestly didn't know what to expect. But I figured there'd be at least some way to tell them apart from us. But I just couldn't tell. He said and Mouse nodded. Yep, same fears, same hopes, same dreams, same needs. Hell, they even have the same wants. There are quite a few of them I actually joined the railroad itself in order to help out. And trust me when I say this, they really are no difficult, different from any of us. Even in the biblical sense, Mouse said and full shot her a surprised look. He could almost feel her smiling back at him from under her helmet. What? Not shocked that I'd choose to sleep with one, are you? She asked, putting on an innocent tone, and he just shrugged. Not sure what to make of that, really, in all honesty. He said, and she laughed and nodded. Yeah, figure as much. Just a one-night stand thing, nothing serious. It's honestly just something I kind of needed in the moment. I was find, found myself feeling really kind of low and down, and kind of less than human myself, if I'm honest. And, well, we were transporting this real cute-looking guy. But he was just so nervous and scared. He was terrified that no one would ever just accept him for who he is without denouncing him for what he is. So, I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to show that innocent guy that we're not all the same. And at the same time, he could make me feel human again. If only just for a night. And let me fucking tell you this right now. I couldn't fucking tell the difference. And before you asked, no, I don't regret it. Not even for a single second. I gave that poor boy exactly what he needed. And I showed him that he, if I could accept him and show him a little bit of the joy of humanity, then there would be someone out there who could take him in and hold him for a lifetime. And soothe all those fears away with their love in exchange for that. And in exchange for it, he made me feel like a real person again. It was nice, you know, she said. Fuller nodded. Yeah, I know that feeling all too well, he said, and she patted his shoulder. Don't you worry, Clawbait. There'll be someone out there for you, somewhere. Just, you know, try and keep an open mind. Because who knows what face she'll wear. She just might not wear the one you expect her to. But if her heart is pure and her intentions are clear, who the fuck cares, right? He said, and he, he laughed and nodded. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right, he said. You did good, damn good out there today. I'm going to put that in my report. That we definitely should move you to direct to operational, skip the training and the honeymoon phase. Because let's be honest, your training definitely outstrips ours. 
And, to be fair, because we could seriously fucking use you out there right now. You've got some serious skills, that much is obvious. And we need to be putting them to good use. And who knows? Maybe they'll definitely give you a better call sign than you, than Clawbait. I'd say you've earned it at this point, she said, making him laugh again. Gee, thanks, he said a little sarcastically. And that's suddenly when they heard the chugging of a small boat approaching. And Fuller quickly got eyes on them. Don't worry, those are our guys. Let's go. We've got people to move and places to be. So let's load these two and then we can get some kit before the long-ass walk back to HQ, she said. And with that, the pair clambered down to handle the handover. So far, this was all going according to plan. All he had to do now was stay the course. But somewhere in the back of his mind, some of her words were ringing about in his skull like an echo. And the more he tried to shake them out, the more they continued to ring. Mm, so that was chapter 72, ladies and gentlemen. Looks like Fuller's got himself in with the railroad now. But is he going to be able to stay hidden? Will they figure him out? And who exactly is that silent whispering voice he keeps hearing in the wastes? Only going to be one way to find out the answers to those questions, and many more. Going to have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying... I'll see you next time.